Hey there, I'm Mr. Black. And I'm Mr. Green. And we're a couple of guys who met in a comic book store. Together we host the Pint O' Comics podcast, where we invite listeners to join us to talk about movies, TV, comics, music, or just whatever. Starting very soon, we'll be joining up with the fine folks at Forgotten Entertainment for a special limited series called On the QT, where we talk Tarantino. Every week for 10 weeks, a guest will join us to chat about every Quentin Tarantino movie from Reservoir Dogs to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So join us starting in May 2021. On the QT is available wherever you download your podcasts and is part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Ooh, that's a bingo. Do you like beer? Do you like podcasts? Do you like beer podcasts? Then check out Crackin' One Open, a podcast about brews, news, and pop culture reviews. Every week, we crack open a new craft beer from breweries around the country. And sometimes the world. We'll talk about how it was made, what's in it, the history of the brew, and the brewery. Then we'll give our tasting notes, and while we're finishing up, we'll talk about some of the latest goings-on in the world of pop culture. So check out Crackin' One Open with Mike and Elise, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hi, I'm Shamar Griffith, codename Comic Shams. And I'm Andrew Tejada, codename Arate. I'm a blurred with a love for artwork and comics and animation. And I'm a writer and blurred with a love for pretty much the same things. We grew up together and spent most of our formative years watching and talking about DC superhero shows and content. In fact, we still do. Every episode, we will discuss a DC production. Wait a minute. I, I just got a text. From who? Calendar Man. He says he'll make our families watch the 1997 Steel film on repeat unless we cover holiday-themed DC films. Oh, not that movie that proves Shaq can't shoot free throws or act. I, I guess you have no choice but to review holiday films on... Yet another DC animated podcast. Welcome to yet another episode of yet another DC Animated Podcast. My name is Shamar Griffith, codename Comic Shams. And I am Andrew Tejada, codename Arate. Andrew and I have known each other since 1996. That is the year principal photography began for Batman and Robin. Oh, dear God, no. <laughs> <laughs> the live action debut of Mr. Freeze. Yes, you heard it here, not first, because I'm sure other people have talked about this. But <laughs> <laughs> yep, Mr. Freeze was coming to cinemas. Arnold Schwarzenegger was getting the role ready in 1996. All for us. You know, the only good thing that came out of that film is knowing that there is a possibility in an alternate timeline. Marlon Wayans played Robin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that that could have that was that. Have, yeah, the movie would have been better. The movie just would have been better. Mm-hmm. I mean, n- nothing against Chris O'Donnell. It's just the, the fact of, you know, we, we would have technically would have had a black superhero <laughs> way back when. <laughs> like, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, but. Yeah, so Marlon Wayans as Robin would have definitely been better. I don't know if he could make Mr. Freeze any better than he is in Batman Sub-Zero. Our film today, Sub-Zero, we're taking a retrospective look at the Iceman of the Batman rogues gallery, Mr. Freeze, as he has once again come back to Gotham as a plan to find a way to cure his wife of her illness something has been introduced actually in this television series that the movie is connected to the batman the animated series 
So this movie was directed by Boyd Kirkland from 1998 with a runtime of about 66 to 70 minutes. I've been finding some saying 70 minutes. So I think I there might be an unrated you oh. know, extra cut out there. Un- unleash the, the freeze cut. Come on, guys. We've been waiting <laughs> since 1998. Right? According to my watch, that isn't here. <laughs> so this is the second film in the DC animated universe. Uh, this is the second animated Batman film of all time. And it's the one that's connected to the Batman animated series. And it and that first one is Mask of Phantasm. This was also a very popular film. It actually was the highest rated film for a good while until Batman Under the Red Hood came and took it up in the number one spot. Ooh, all right. Do we do we agree with that? Well, I well, you're gonna have to find out, I guess. So. Yeah. <laughs> and this is such a wild thing because let's just looking at the animation. Um, it's like very much like playing the video game. I was saying looking at the animation for some of this. <laughs> Uh, so quick shout out to the animation company, Coco Enterprises, who's done a lot of work on the DC animated front for all their television shows, as well as Dong Yang Animation, who actually has done a lot of work on Static Shock. Ah, see, it all comes back together. It all comes full circle. <laughs> so this movie, the cast of it has pretty much the OG cast of the Batman, the animated series, as we have Kevin Conroy's Batman. Michael Ansara as Mr. Freeze, Lauren Lester as Robin, Ephraim Zimbals Jr. as Alfred. This is a newcomer here, but he actually does have a voice in the Batman animated series as well as Superman the animated series. Because when he isn't voicing Perry White in Superman, he is voicing Gregory Belson here in our movie. And finally, we have a newcomer. We have actually Mary Kay Bergman voicing Barbara Gordon. And the original voice of Barbara Gordon is usually Melissa Gilbert in the in the animated series, but Mary Kay Bergman came to lend her voice here. And honestly, she has her her credit list is phenomenal. And this is one of the um, her last set of films, unfortunately, um, prior to when she passed away. This came out about a year before she passed away. But this is a study star study cast with um, the introduction of Mr. Freeze and We'll talk about a little bit more about his connection with Batman and Robin, the movie. But let's actually just dive into this film, Batman Sub-Zero, which opens up to, I want to say, starts off with the Batcave and then shifts into all these different locations. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty clean intro. You know, mm-hmm. I got to say, it's it, the when it comes in with the ice and it flies in, it, it, it's a pretty, you know, it's going to get cold in here. And also, I want to address really quick before we roll into this, because people are going to say, you know, what holiday is this connected to? Because, you know, it's hot. It's not Christmas. Mm-hmm. This movie was released on St. Patrick's Day. So I'll be, we'll be taking no comments about this <laughs> not being a holiday movie. This was clearly intended for St. Patrick's Day. So there you go. <laughs> so we see now that everything is floating around. We go through the Batcave, we go through this frozen tundra, and we see these two polar bears swimming around. And then there's this one guy who's just like, out there scuba diving it looks like he catches a fish and it seems at first like the bears are a little upset but it seems that they're all together they're friends as they exit the water they we also see that there is a submarine that happens to be i don't know, like following them or just happens to be the same area i just have some bad vibes about this because that intro reminded me a lot of throne of atlantis 
Oh. And I was very worried about the next stage of it. Yeah, we, we thought it, someone was just going to get instantly murked underwater <laughs> for having any kind of backstory. But the man swimming amongst the polar bears, emerging from the ice, is none other than Dr. Freeze himself, Victor Freeze. And he is, you know, he's just out there fishing. And he gets so much fish. I did have to note this, that when he gives the fish to his adopted son, his son falls over. How much fish did you get, dude? (laughs) How are you carrying that much fish to knock a, a small boy over? Damn, that's that's true. Like, and it's really only the two of them because the only other person in there is uh, is Nora, who is in her canister in her suspended state with the cryo freeze. So I have no idea why they needed that much fish. Like, I feel like he this is exercising. You could go on the fish for days. Well, the, I guess the two polar bears have to eat too. Oh yeah, that's true. He does have two very loyal polar bears uh, <laughs> that help him guard. His wife, who has been frozen in a special suspended animation for 15 years because she has a classic DC McGregor's disease. Mm. And Mr. Freeze is still searching for a cure. But until then, she has to be frozen on ice. And he's gotten out of Gotham. He's out of he's out of the hood. He's just trying to live a peaceful life. Yeah. And as Mr. Freeze and this little kid, Kunak, who they're in this area, this temple that he's created for his wife, uh, the submarine now starts to emerge from the water, but it emerges right underneath this setup that Mr. Freeze has. And this completely destroys everything around them, including the canister that is suspend- that's holding his wife in this suspended animation. All this ice is tumbling on top of them. And fortunately, his very loyal polar bears <laughs> help on like just take dig him out from everything but as mr freeze looks on he sees that his wife's canister has been broken and that her the only thing that is there is just her hand out in the morning sun and the flower that he brought for her sending him into this very like aggressive angry state over the people who led to this destruction yeah and first of all this is an effective uh fake out because i thought she was dead yo same (laughs) i thought like oh she's broken out of the canister she instantly dies but she isn't it just looks like it and secondly this is when mr freeze goes full sub-zero because the u.s navy is like hey what happened and they're they're coming through and he's like oh our crew has been frozen mysteriously all of the crew and mr freeze goes not yet and he hits them with that up down circle circle back (laughs) <laughs> to fire his ice beam and freeze the remaining crew, presumably forever? <laughs> yeah. Like, this is the coldest cold open we've ever probably seen, at least that I've ever seen. So, yes, we have to make the ice puns, too, um, <laughs> as per what Calendar Man told us. So <laughs> we jump ahead now. Two weeks have passed. We head on over to Gotham, where they're experiencing a heat wave. And it seems that not even the burning sun that is blazing down on Gotham can stop the crime happening in Batman's neighborhood. Yeah, it's a standard smash and grab. Two robbers break into this, break into a, was it a jewelry store? Was it a art antiques? Yeah. I think yeah. it was a jewelry store because there was a, I remember 
he wanted to pick up a necklace that he saw. And I was ah. just like, you could have just walked in rather than taking your beer bottle and break. Also, how did the beer bottle break the glass? I like, cool. that's... They must be made out of something different in Gotham. <laughs> oh, but in any case, before the robbers can get away with the loot, you have an old man just ready <laughs> to throw down with these guys. Who is this man? I don't know, but he needs a Robin costume stat because this man, the bravery he has, I'll give it to him. But this is also right now, I have a petition to Bruce Wayne. Uh, with all that money you have, can you start funding self-defense classes for the elderly? You might as well. You dressed up as an old woman once. You might as well do it. <laughs> Jesus. You know the struggles. <laughs> what I what I also love about this particular scene, it it starts at, during the day. They get away. And they have the discussion that they stole two grand. And I'm like, bro, you guys robbed the store in Gotham for two grand? <laughs> and hurt that doing? old man. <laughs> <laughs> That's nothing. Even in that time, two grand is not going to get you that far. And then secondly, because they waited that late in the day to rob the store, Batman's here. Guys, mm-hmm. an hour earlier, you could have gotten away with your pitiful two grand. But now you got to deal with Batman and Robin. Exactly. And he's fresh now because this is the beginning of the patrol. <laughs> right. He's had his coffee. <laughs> like, worse. This is, this is, and he was very nonchalant with the capture, too. He legit just landed on top of the car as they were driving. They're like, oh, what was that random sound? And he takes his cape and wraps it around the windows. Batman did minimal work to capture these two. <laughs> And that's the part I'm mostly upset about because there was so much damage and all that happened was Batman put his cape around and they were trying to figure out, whoa, how'd it go from day to night? And then like, what's going on? And rightfully so, these two get quickly taken apart by Batman and Robin and they are thrown into the garbage to be picked up by GCPD, not hung up by like at a giant clock tower or anything. So I guess old school Batman was a little more conscious with what was going on with GCPD's efforts. Yeah, but I do like how the GCPD pulls up with every gun on the force <laughs> on these two two grand Yo. robbers. I was like, guys, they're no good. No one had a weapon. <laughs> they're down. I know, you can't be too careful in Gotham. I get it, but damn, guys. But this is so non-eventful for Batman and Robin that they're more focused on the party. And as soon as they get to the party in their civilian clothes, we see Dick Grayson. This Robin has done every push-up. <laughs> Yo. Push this guy. <laughs> he was ba- he basically looked like how Bruce looked in the in the movie, just without just with less hair. And I'm trying to figure it out because um like two scenes ago when he was dressed as Robin, he did not look as jacked as he did. <laughs> no, the character models are completely different. <laughs> So I don't know if this suit is just like a muscle padded suit or it just has very wide puffed out shoulders uh, or maybe he was just doing some pushups in the car the entire time. Like you were saying, I guess he's huge in this movie. He could he could knock out Bane. Like <laughs> <laughs> he is Bane. <laughs> he is Bane. <laughs> twist. Sorry to give away the twist so early. <laughs> but they are they're enjoying this party. And while Bruce is. Looking like he's going to hook up with every woman at that party. 
Uh, he's got the juice in this one. Mm-hmm. Robin is only focused on Barbara Gordon, a.k.a. Batgirl. And I do love this cut between the two scenes where Robin is going up to Commissioner Gordon and going, you know, I wonder when Barbara's going to get here. And we're cutting to Barbara as Batgirl, just kicking so much ass. Mm-hmm. And I, I do love the, the cute juxtaposition of those two scenes. Agreed. I love that so much because at times the whatever Commissioner Gordon was saying definitely like kind of parallel kind of with what we probably now see as like a strong woman in comics and everything. And then it's just like there are scenes in which she was like, oh yeah, she's such a, a nice girl, and all the guys are chasing after her. And then we immediately cut to a scene where the guys are running away from her because she's kicked so much ass. I love it. This is to me good right this is like very much on par with like how i see it play out in comic books so i'm glad that they did this because it really worked well for introducing batgirl in this particular movie yeah this is a this is a more effective introduction to to batgirl than (laughs) all the killing joke (laughs) all the killing joke (laughs) yep um it's very efficient and you instantly know everything you need to know about barbara right away and while everyone's having fun getting getting kicks or in Bruce's case getting numbers, we see a conversation go down between a stockbroker and this just just he- this guy who's just obviously he messed up. He put too much money in Bitcoin. He he's in the hole. He can't pay it back. He's begging the stockbroker, help me out. But the stockbroker's like, <laughs> you owe like what five million? Yeah, it was a lot of money. And even like definitely way more money than those two robbers would have gotten away with. But like this was a ton of money. And honestly, I got to say this. The man has some piercing blue eyes. Like it was really weird to just see how blue they were. Um, But he's upset and he storms out at the same time Barbara's walking in. She the two of them, he actually ends up crossing paths with a lot of the members of the of the Bat family, except for Bruce. He bumps into to Dick at one point, make, causing him to spill his drink, which actually turns into a running gag later in the movie. Yeah. And then as he's passing by Barbara, he gets into his car and drive off. Barbara comes in. She meets with her dad. She meets with Dick, and the two go off to dance in the middle of the floor. But this guy is still driving out there, like speeding. And he, at one point, gets to the point in the park where he starts driving on ice in the middle of this crazy hot day. So he's confused, trying to figure out what's happening. Car crashes and basically gets flipped over as the door now opens and we see that the storm has been caused by Mr. Freeze, who definitely know who's this guy, who this guy is. Yeah, if this was New York City, I would say this is like a normal winter day. But uh, <laughs> yeah, Mr. Freeze clearly was manipulating the weather. And Right away, I like how they get right into it. They just say that Mr. Freeze needs this guy because he's a doctor and he's Mm -hmm. the best doctor he knows. And he's willing to give, pay this guy in gold. He's willing to pay this actor in gold, which the doctor really needs right about now for that five (laughs) mil. And it's revealed that Nora is not just going to need standard medical care. She's going to need a whole set of organs. And whose name should be the perfect organ donor with the the perfect blood type. But of course, Barbara Gordon, because she's a similar height, similar weight, similar blood type. So Mr. Freeze is like, 
let's kill that woman and put her organs inside my wife. Yeah, and that's the conflict of our film there, because even though at one point this dude, uh, Dr. Gregory Belson, is a little worried about the fact of going to this extreme, he's like, I'll do it for the right amount of money, (laughs) which is this gold that he gets. And as they're contemplating, trying to figure out the best course of action in order to move forward, we see that um, Dick and Barbara are still at this party. Bruce decides to leave because he's just like, you know what? I'm going to be a good wingman this time around and give you some time to hang out with Barbara. I'm going to head on home. Um, you guys stay. And Dick and Barbara have a conversation outside, and which basically it felt like he was basically asking her to go steady with him. Because mm-hmm. uh, he's like, you know, like, I'd love to take you out to the coast or upstate. There's some beaches out there with a, with a jazz festival. And there's it's clear now that the two are having their relationship grow in the series. So as Bruce is driving back with, or rather Alfred is driving Bruce back home, Bruce is complaining about the heat to asking Alfred to turn on the AC, but that immediately gets stopped short because they drive right into a pool of water that was left behind from Mr. Freeze's ice capades. Yeah, and Alfred is unfazed. He's at the height of his sarcasm here. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing in this movie really shocks him at this point. But Batman does, look, going back to the old detective things, he notices that the car belongs to Dr. Gregory Belson, puts it in the back of his mind for now. He's like, this is strange. I'm not going to call the police or anything, but I'm going to just, I'm going to keep this in the back of my mind. And meanwhile, Dr. Gregory Belson finds out where he finds Barbara's phone number in the white pages. I, that's because it's 1998. And <laughs> he calls her a roommate who just gives up all the no. damn details about Barbara's life. Girl, she makes a snitch. Right. I was so upset about that because it was just like, man, a little bit of like, you could hold back a little. I, I swear, she knew Barbara's like, identity her mother's maiden name or social security number i'm pretty sure that belson would have had all of that too because this woman just was sharing all the information about her last known location and every oh god this she's like i, I don't even she's like batman's dream it's just like yeah. shares all the freaking information here so they find out that barbara and robin are going on a fancy dinner together and i'm skipping ahead just a little bit but i have to mention because Later on, at this fancy dinner, after the fancy dinner, they mentioned Robin has a Corvette, just casually. So mm-hmm. from the rest of this movie, for me personally, I just thought Commissioner Gordon's main focus with Robin is that he wants access to the, the Batman family fortune. I think Oh yeah, <laughs> he wants them to get married so that he can get that sweet money. Because Rob is taking her out to the fanciest restaurants. He's got a Corvette. Like, obviously, he's doing very well for himself. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of want to have a a conversation with Commissioner Gordon because he was very free with letting his daughter just hang out with him. Even there was was a line that um, I'm not a father, but I felt like if I was one, I would have been like, that's a red flag for me there. (laughs) (laughs) So while in this restaurant, we see again that um, the two of them, him and Barbara, are having a little great conversation. They're flirty. They're playful. 
And as they're about to kiss, Mr. Freeze jumps through the door with his two polar bears by his side. And he's asking for everyone to let him know who in this room is Barbara Gordon. Now, right away, again, the civilians in this movie. There was a man in that room that was about to throw hands with Mr. (laughs) Freeze until the polar bear stopped him. Understandable. Mm -hmm, I would be mm -hmm. in the same boat. But my dude was ready to go face to face and freeze. Where? Who are these civilians? (laughs) (laughs) But in any case, Mr. Freeze is there for Barbara. And Dick, he is not letting it happen. He's in no costumes. But he's got two guns on his arms and he's not afraid to use them. And he puts in work. I will accept no disrespect for this man because he did everything he possibly could to keep Barbara safe in this situation while avoiding being destroyed by two polar bears. Yeah, I really do have to give it to him, man, because like he fought with earnest. He fought with pride. He... If it wasn't for the fact that he didn't have any weapons, I would have honestly felt like he probably could have handled his own and shut this whole thing down. Unfortunately, Barbara is so worried about everybody else getting hurt that she tells tells him to stand down. Let me just get taken away. And she does this so many times, even though everybody is willing to defend her. It's amazing. And but, you know, she's just so selfless. You Mm -hmm. know, she just wants everyone to be safe. So they take her away in a van with the polar bears. That polar bear squad is amazing. And maybe the rays. They, they, Two they fishes earn. for dinner. Oh, God. Yeah. These are the best gangsters ever. And Robin, he is not going to sit down. He, this Robin is not any Robin you've seen before because he jumps on a motorcycle after he gives a dude his Corvette in exchange and he goes after them and is really thrilling. An exciting car chase. Robin's yes. doing all kinds of stunts. BMX, SXX Tricky, <laughs> all of that. And the GCPD tries to follow, but they end up... <laughs> one GCPD car crashes, and then five more crash into this car. Oh, gosh. And now, because of that, they now have to do traffic control. And this was my favorite scene in the movie, to, be t- to tell you the truth. Robin is driving down and he sees the car crash and he takes his uh, his little Vespa motorcycle thing, pops a wheelie, rides up over all the police cars to continue on pursuit. And there's this one police officer who lets out that whistle of amazement at it. And I was just like, that right there is a good, there's a good chase. Because like the fact that he was amazed by it like, Richie didn't get that in that static episode. Broke his arm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so Robin continues to be in pursuit. Mr. Freeze sees him. And it looks like he's just about to catch him. He's just about to open the doors. Unfortunately, Mr. Freeze uses his ice gun one more time to knock Robin off of his uh, motorcycle, causing him to crash onto the side. And even though the, the motorcycle has been destroyed, he catches onto a tree and throws himself back onto the road as he looks on in just like pure anger and frustration over the fact that he couldn't save his girlfriend here. Once more, so much respect. This man could have done nothing else. He put in more work than some versions of Batman, to be honest with you. <laughs> like, he 
he was incredible. But he ends up in the hospital getting checked upon just, you know, because he's a civilian. Mm-hmm. And Jim is so pissed because his ticket to free. Oh, I mean, uh, <clears throat> his daughter is in trouble. His daughter's <laughs> in trouble. So he is going to send a whole GCPD after them. And, of course, Batman and Robin are going to do their own investigation because Barbara right now is a uh, she's chained up in a room with the, the bounciest bed in the world. Yeah. Barbara finds out that is Victor Freeze and also this other guy who she doesn't know, but it's clearly Gregory has been is holding her captive. She does throw up a good fight, too. Like she's throwing kicks, she, like well executed kicks and punches using acrobatic movement to try to get out the way and for me i was just like if i was a villain i'd be like listen this 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 person got a little too much training to just be a regular civilian here (laughs) but she's able to escape one more time as she uses the the bed to bounce into the to the vents above her to try to escape that way but now gregory belson and mr freeze are in pursuit and this leads to a full look at just kind of like the location that she's in because she's traveling to, between different floors. We're seeing the full extent of Victor Freeze's powers and also how maniacal Gregory is just trying to get that payday. Yeah. And unfortunately, despite her best efforts, turns out she's on an oil rig and mm-hmm. you can't do much at that point because you got two polar bears that can swim faster than you. And you have no idea how close you are to shore. So she has to concede again that she's not getting out of here by herself. And after this point, uh, she also meets Freeze's adopted son, who is immediately putting on the moves. Respect. (laughs) Respect, young buck. Respect. The guy got got game. I'll give it to him. (laughs) But she does make a fair point about, like, if you think Mr. Freeze is so good, uh, why does he kidnap me? And he's like, mm-hmm. well, he's not going to hurt you. So, you know, and at this point, neither of them know that Freeze wants all the organs, <laughs> which does hurt quite a bit. Oh, you know, from experience? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, four or five organs here and there. You, you kind of pick up the game. Oh, OK. <laughs> so. Another person who's finding out more about medical history is Batman and Robin. While Robin is being bandaged up, Batman decides to look into the computer, which, um, again, they were in their civilian clothes at the time. So after the medical professional starts, finishes up wrapping up Robin in the bandages, it seems like she leaves the computer open and Bruce is just able to access basically everybody's medical records. I feel like that should be impossible to do. Yeah, there should probably be at least a password on there. Like, at the minimum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or a, a key card. Get, get, <laughs> does the computer not time out? Like, this is this is just weird to me. She got tired of, like, turning it off and on, so she just put it on no sleep. <laughs> and with no password. And see, this is... We're not sponsored by any, like, ExpressVPN or anything. But... Uh, get a VPN or maybe that would have helped. I don't know. Maybe it wouldn't have. <laughs> yeah. But I guess because of the plot, we have to just accept this and move along as Bruce finds out that he looks up Barbara's blood type for some reason. Um, I think there was something that like cued into him looking up the blood type. And from there, he learns that Barbara has this really rare blood type 
that only a few people in Gotham have that's based off of this list, one of which is Nora Freeze. And that way they're able to put two and two together that Mr. Freeze wants Barbara for some reason dealing with her blood or her blood type, some kind of medical reason. Yeah. Um, Part of his uh, brain blast is he connects the dots and figures out that, oh, maybe the guy who I should have called the cops to see if he was okay the other day, maybe he has something to do with all of this. And he puts together, it was Gregory Belson, and he decides to follow up with Gregory Belson's uh, stockbroker, which leads to one of my favorite lines <laughs> in this movie, because upon figuring out that the doctor owes $2.5 million, there it is in my notes, Batman goes, I want to see his portfolio. <laughs> it was like I didn't know that um super stockbroking was a part of Batman's ability. <laughs> he's got it all. He's got it all. <laughs> so at the same time that he's requesting his portfolio, uh the stockbroker gets a call from the one and only Gregory Belson, who's calling him to let him know that he's gonna have the money soon. He just needs for the SEC to be delayed one more week. Because we find out that apparently Gregory made some bad deal with some medication that led into um, something dealing with the FDA and putting all his money in all in one basket. And that basket broke. So luckily, Batman and Robin are able to record this conversation at the same time. Yeah, the bat recorder. And (laughs) using a foghorn that played on during the message and the bat maps that they have in their bat cave, they figure out that she is likely at an oil rig and Barbara. Meanwhile, Barbara, again, she doesn't give up that easy. She does not. She just don't quit because upon finding out that, yep, all her organs are coming out. Barbara, who has never skipped leg day in her life, kicks <laughs> Kicks the villains approximately a hundred feet. I think. I think I'm. Uh, I think I'm in the right mathematical range there. Mm-hmm. Just, just with her feet alone. And Doctor Belson reaches into his doctor toolkit, pulls out a gun. And normally this would be ridiculous, but in Gotham, yeah, the doctors have to be strapped because <laughs> you never know who's going to bust in that room. So back in the Batcave. Uh, one of the things that does happen is Alfred was given the list of items that they found at Belson's home of that he's been collecting. And honestly, we got to give Alfred his detective um, certificate or something because he's able to deduce that everything put together would allow for an allograft procedure or the medical term for an organ transplant. Yes, this is something that's said in the film, and this is probably the closest I'll ever be to being a doctor by saying that phrase. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Yes. Clo- basically your doctor freeze level. <laughs> and yeah, this, this is a great way to add urgency to the Batman and Robin. Cause I mean, they already wanted to find Barbara, but now they know there is a ticking clock and it's going fast. Yep. So while Barbara is escaping, Batman and Robin are flying over in the Batwing, not the one operated by Luke Fox. They happen to see Barbara at the oil rig running away with Belson chasing after her with the gun. Barbara dodges every single bullet 
Unfortunately, one does pierce one of the fuel tanks, causing it to leak out. And she yells back at him saying, would you stop shooting? Because we now have the fuel running down and you can cause like a fire or something like that, which honestly immediately leads to that happening. Yeah, she she called that right on the money. (laughs) Like It is instant. And Robin... He's not waiting any longer. While Batman's parking in the Batwing, Robin jumps out of the Batwing and does a flying kick on Dr. Belson. My dude, that's going to kill people. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see how high you jumped from? He did. He jumped high enough that it actually looked like he stopped mid-air. So, Gregory is knocked out unfortunately now mr freeze has popped out outside along with his polar bears so this has also led to a shot that belson had let out starting to cause a fire near the the leaking fuel tank so this is causing the the entire oil rig basically to start exploding yeah everything is on fire and you know it's great fire and ice mr freeze and it's it's a it's a great bit of animation here because we've got we've got a lot of creative freezing, freeze gun action, a lot of dodging, polar bear fights. It's got it all. And mm-hmm. in this chaos, in the midst of the chaos, Dr. Belson just decides, screw every the everybody, and pushes freeze in the way of some falling debris. And I'm like, bro, you didn't even get your gold yet. What are you doing? It's so messed up. And what's even worse is just like, he had nowhere to go. Well, he does find a way out because Belson does find a lifeboat and he's able to start his escape that way. But we're now left with Batman, Robin, Barbara, and Mr. Freeze here on top of the oil rig. They actually help him here in this moment because he's crying out for help because um, the debris that fell on him ends up breaking his legs. And as they're trying to pull everybody away to get back to the Batwing, this is when Barbara and Mr. Freeze reveal that we can't go yet because we have Kunak, the little boy, the adopted son of Mr. Freeze here, as well as Nora, who are still trapped in the building. So uh, at this moment, this calls now for like, what's the game plan as Batman is telling Robin to come with him. But then Barbara tells, tells him that, hold on, I know this facility because I've been tr- basically been trying to escape it this entire time. Mr. Freeze's legs are broken, so you know he definitely can't come through. So it's got to be me and you, Batman. And they run down. Robin at first is against the plan, but once he sees the urgency, um, as well as Mr. Freeze telling that like we don't have any time, he decides to make the call to run over to pick up the Batwing. Mr. Freeze stays there to help with um, calming down any of the fires that might pop up along their path. And Barbara and Batman run on down. They're able to find the Kunak and Nora pretty quickly. So good call on that, Barbara. Yeah, she made the right choice here. And uh, two things that happen in here that I, I just have to I have to mention. At one point, like a solid chunk of stone falls on Mr. Freeze. Batman has that by himself. Like, he just lifts up the stone. Like, he doesn't look it, but Batman is the most jacked in this movie. Oh, yeah. Um, also, that doctor trying to escape on a boat, 
didn't go too well for him because approximately all of the debris from the oil rig falls on him at once. And <laughs> yeah, he's super dead. Yeah, that people is what we call instant karma in the in the comic book game. <laughs> Jeez. The doctor's dead, so there's no saving him. But Batman and Barbara are trying to save who they can. And as they're getting out of there, everything's collapsing. They use an elevator, which I guess you should do when you're on an oil rig, but normally not in a fire, I think. Yeah, <laughs> that seems logical. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, no, please don't. Please don't. Take an elevator please never fire. do that. <laughs> but in the midst of the chaos, Freeze gets separated from Batman. And Batman, without hesitation, even though he's gotten to the Batplane, everybody else is safe. He's like, I got to go back for Freeze. I have to. And he uses a classic grappling hook. He tries to pull Freeze up as the structure collapses, but he can't do it. Unfortunately, it's too late. And Freeze falls into the fiery ocean down below. Yeah, and this is such a sad moment because we panned right into Batman's face here. And, you know, it's something I've always appreciated about this show and the animation style of it is that you can always see Batman's emotions in his face. And in this one, it was pure and utter pain and despair over the fact that he couldn't save everyone. This time, he knew that Mr. Freeze was, you know, like he... Again, this is something that like we we kind of see play out. It's just like, you know, Mr. Freeze wasn't all that bad in terms of like his his I mean, what he was trying to do was pretty bad, but you know, like you understand why he was trying to do it. Um, so Batman has that hurt once again because here's someone that he just saved multiple times and even saved him a good couple times in just the last two minutes. So to know that he couldn't save him, he runs back to the Batwing just with running on basically just pure adrenaline and sadness because he knows that like if if he couldn't save Mr. Freeze here, he could at least save the woman that he's been trying to help this entire time. Yeah, and uh, again, we have to emphasize that he didn't actually get to get time to get on the back plane, so he had to dangle on a oh, wire yes. <laughs> all the way back to Gotham. But I mean, this guy's jacked enough. It's fine. He's He's good. He's good. He can dangle all the way there. Uh, and as Batman is trying not to fall off of his own plane, we see that miraculously the polar bears, the most loyal polar bears in the damn world, have found Mr. Freeze and they're trying to get him to safety. Yes. Yeah, so once again, we see that it's kind of like. Just like Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, I'll be back because we now know that Mr. Freeze will return at some point. Um, and we immediately see that because as the credits here are kind of about to start, we're back at a North Pole facility in some way, shape or form where these two guys are watching a news report about everything that's happened. They learned that um, Wayne Industries has found a way to cure Nora of her disease. They're able to break her out of this state that she was in. And the world now believes that Victor Freeze is dead. Um, they believe that he fell to his death during the events of the the oil rig. But what the two men don't see is Victor Freeze standing outside, watching the TV, tears in his eyes, so happy about the fact that his wife is safe 
and alive as he walks back with his two loyal polar bears once again and an ice cast around his leg into the frozen tundra and it's just a happy moment for him for a man who's walking out with just wearing like a pair of boxers yeah yeah it's pretty it's pretty satisfying how he heard any of that news report i don't know through the window i guess the window was open <laughs> very true no tv was that loud and there's no bow sound system at that time <laughs> yeah, he might have really good hearing i don't know maybe he's already seen the news report and just re-watching it for emphasis doesn't matter because it he just he gets a happy ending Rock, commissioner gordon presumably gets his happy ending as well because he becomes ridiculously rich and yeah it's a it's a rare unambiguously happy ending for a batman movie and like look at them people they ain't a lot of happy endings all right so that was the end of our film here if we had to rate it out of how many fish you would be given to these loyal polar bears how many fish do these polar bears earn well i'm gonna give you you mr sub-zero <laughs> it's not your name mr freeze that acted like sub-zero I-, I think you earned a solid nine out of ten i think this is a movie this movie is a solid nine for me i think i see why it was so highly rated because mm-hmm. when you compare it to animated efforts at the time i don't think it's even a comparison i think this movie had such Great character development, great villain arc, a lot of sympathetic sympathy on all sides for you understood why everybody was doing what they did. And I really liked the introduction of Batgirl, really liked how Jack Robin was, and (laughs) that the focus was not on Batman, which is you know how many Batman movies we've seen. You know. Oh, it's it's yeah. nice when a Batman movie explores the other characters in the room. And you know what holds it back for me? My Arte alteration is at our current age, we understand about the stockbroker, tax, all that stuff. I don't know what a kid's going to do with all that information. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to understand futures and the stock the those like financial details i i don't know i don't know what the kids what the kids did during those sections of the movie but um yeah i think <laughs> i don't think we needed too much more i think we could have simplified that whole plot line a little bit more cuz we're here for freeze guns and emotional storytelling we're not we're not here for futures i hear that and I'm actually going to score it a little bit lower, actually. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give this a 8 out of 10. This is really only because, one, you have to either understand or have seen the rest of the Batman animated series. There are two episodes, one of which introduces Mr. Freeze and introduces the story that he has here. And another one in which he comes back that leads directly into the events of where we are in the beginning of this film. So I think that by having it be that you have to watch something else, this is something, again, that I've learned through this podcast, you can't get a perfect 10 out of 10 here. (laughs) Yeah, I do agree. uh, mm -hmm. No, I was just going to say, I, you know, 
we're we're definitely we have the knowledge, the prior knowledge needed. Um, but I think you're 100 percent right. I think we kind of take that for granted a little bit uh, going into some of these that we have the prerequisite knowledge of other movies. But I think you're right. I think without seeing animated series, there are moments in this that are just not going to hit as hard as they possibly could. Yeah. And the only other reason why I had, did have to drop it a lower grade too was um, I need to understand why Kunak. Ah, <laughs> like, uh, yeah. There is no real reason to his character. And even though the, the scenes with him are short and don't really impact like the, the main plot, he does have a big part of his story play out towards this end. Like he stops, he tries to save Barbara, who throughout the majority of the film has been saving herself. So to have it be that like, this was the person that she swayed into helping her. I don't know. It just felt like um, it was a little bit unnecessary. And then, you know, like they now, like it felt like we were just trying to create somebody for Barbara to bond with on this side, which could have also easily have been done with the events of just like the whole thing dealing with like Mr. Freeze being trapped in like, the oil tanker. Like, cause I felt like we were building to a point where Mr. Freeze was sharing with Barbara the reason why he's doing what he's doing. And then we could have had it maybe be that like, I don't know, like at one point she decides to save him because she's realizing that what he's doing is really messed up and it's evil and it's bad because eventually it will lead to her being killed. But he's motivated by love. So she's probably going to try to help save him during that time when she's like lifting things. So that's why I felt like Barbara had her person to kind of connect with. Therefore we didn't really need Kunak. Yeah. I, I fair. Yeah. I didn't mind him much, but yeah, cut him from the movie. Nothing changes. <laughs> like, <laughs> really nothing changes. It, he's there to kind of humanize Dr. Freeze a little bit more. Maybe. Maybe to provide some contrast between mm-hmm. him and Kunak and Batman and Robin. So, yeah, that could have been interesting if they had tried to explore it a little bit more. But they don't. So, and, you know, it's it's not, it's not, again, it's not necessary. I could take it or leave Kunak as a character whatsoever. But, yeah, mm-hmm. had they kind of played up that dynamic a little bit more, I think it would have been more effective. And he would definitely be more memorable of a character. Yeah. But other than that, this is a great story. And also just want to say that, too, that they I um watching through Freeze's tale throughout the his like arc in the, the animated series, because this is canon to the to the to the show itself. We start off with um, the first two episodes in the original Batman the animated series run, followed by this movie, followed by another episode that he does have and all of them follow this storyline, the storyline that's built out in here. So I'm like really impressed to see any animated series really do that because sometimes it's hard to just um, throw in the movie and find a way for it to actually connect. And the only thing that didn't work out in their favor was the timeline in which it just said dropped. But other than that, I think great job on this part that they did of just like, this was a really great addition to the story. And I have one point I was even trying to see if there's any, like try to poke holes into it to see if there's any missing pieces that don't correlate. 
everything, the continuity was just smooth. Even just like, I was trying to figure out, I was like, how does Robin not know that Barbara's Batgirl? And again, he, at that point, he would not have known still. So I was just like, they did a great job at just like writing this out. So I'm, if it wasn't for those two other moments, honestly, this would have been like a really, like a, a, a nine out of 10 also for me. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, uh, yeah, see, maybe I've we've been away from movies too long. Maybe I'm getting softer. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> or, no, or, or you just like taught me so well. So now we got to critique them like crazy now. Ah, yes, yes. The master. You've become the master now. Yeah. Next film we're going to be talking about is definitely going to be the um, the Injustice movie. <laughs> oh, boy. I can't wait for an occasion to talk about that one. <laughs> All right, well, that was our overall film, Batman Sub-Zero. So now it's time for that comic book knowledge as today's one because we get... This is the first time we're actually really introduced to Mr. Freeze at all um, in our our show here, in our podcast. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. So because of that, we're going to talk about everything dealing with Mr. Freeze, and that's why today's episode of comics is going to be called Cold World No Capes. <laughs> all right, all right. So, um, okay, so I'm going to be honest with y'all here. The history of Mr. Freeze is so complicated, so please polar bear with me here. <laughs> okay. I had to throw it in. I'm sorry. Yeah, I uh, yeah, yeah. yeah I Calendar man was looking at me for a little too long. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the idea of Mister Freeze, his first actual comic book appearance by a, the character of this name, actually does not appear in a Batman comic whatsoever. Hmm. He first appeared as a random one-shot character. In a story of another DC production called Black Hawk, it was in Black Hawk number 117 back in 1957, in which a character much like Mr. Freeze is portraying a villain and attacking the team, the Black Hawk team in that story. He's quickly dispensed, but very similar power set, has his ice gun. His costume isn't as the iconic look that we have now for him of just like this, the head that's like in the dome and the full-on um, scuba cryo suit. That didn't come until much later. But the idea of Mr. Freeze entering Batman's world started in Batman number 121 back in February 1959. And at that point, he was actually called Mr. Zero. Okay. All right. Mr. Coke Zero. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this guy, he very much had a very similar kind of background as Mr. Freeze, as we now know of him. Um, He was a scientist who was accidentally connected to some cryogenics that happened. Um, Again, his character was created by the same people that created Batman, but also included on that list is Sheldon Moldoff and Dick Dillon, who actually don't, who you should get uncredited for his creation. So I want to make sure they get their proper shout out now. And in that, it was a character by the name of Mr. Zero who um, had this ice gun was could only exist in subthermal temperatures. So that's why he was facing off against Batman and Robin. And once that happened, he basically vanished. He got taken hmm. care of pretty quickly and then was just gone. The next time he would actually appear was in Batman 
the the television series starring Adam West. In a 1966 episode called Instant Freeze, this is where that character was brought back into the mythos of Batman, but now under the name of Mr. Freeze. There wasn't much about his history there. The only thing that they that we really have on him was that his name was um, in the show was Dr. Art Skivel. No. <laughs> but and he was just as cold as calculated as we see here in the in the movie and then just like all the iterations of Mr. Freeze that we have seen. So because his character was so popular on the show, played by George Sanders, they decided to add him quickly into the comic books. And during that run of comic books, they decided to go with the Dr. Archibald name as well as the Mr. Freeze name and the similar power set. And he was also, just like Mr. Freeze we know now, the scientist dealing with cryogenics. Then here's where hopefully things will finally start connecting. Because again, as you can see, this has been such a complicated history for Mr. Freeze because years have passed, about 36 or so, when he was finally introduced into Batman the Animated Series by Paul Dini and Bruce Tim. That's the part I remember. (laughs) (laughs) So that episode, Heart of Ice, which first introduces um, Mr. Freeze there, was the first time we actually saw that Victor Freeze was Mr. Freeze. Hmm. So Paul Dini and Bruce Tim are basically the creation of the common and most well-known story of Mr. Freeze, that being that he was a scientist who, upon meeting Nora, the two of them fell in love, but he found out about her illness and tried to do everything that he could to save her by diving into his cryogenic work. His employer found out that he was actually stealing um, technology and other products from it. So they decided to teach him a lesson. And that's when they threw him into one of the cryogenic chambers, transforming his body into the thing that we see now of a being that can't survive outside of the suit or outside of subthermal temperatures. And how his quest has always been to help save his wife and break that mutation that, that has happened to her. Call HR about this. <laughs> this shouldn't be allowed. Mm-mm. Nah. Uh, it's also kind of crazy, too, because it's just like he does get his revenge. So I guess uh, not in not through HR terms. Uh, <laughs> he does end up killing the guy. But the cool thing about Mr. Freeze, though, is that like he... Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) That was a silent look. I gave of approval for that pun. The cool thing about Mr. Freeze is that he's a character with so much depth in his story and creation. No, it is a little bit complicated, but I think that by bringing him into this particular way that Paul Denny and Bruce Tim did, they created a character that's really iconic because he never really um, goes full evil. He's always a guy who... Uh, does evil things for a just means like he's really just trying to save his wife and because of the bad experience that he had he now has to steal these diamonds in order to power his weapons and power the technology that he's using to help save his wife and that's why currently because of that compelling storytelling and the dynamic that he does have with batman that he's currently ranked as number 67 as top comic book villains of all time i think that's well deserved he's just 
for the most part, very sympathetic. And, you know, I do, it might be skipping ahead a little bit. I don't know, but I do like in recent years, they've kind of broken down a little bit, a little bit of freeze backlash about like how ethical is it to keep, you know, your wife or partner in stasis mm-hmm. without them knowing about it. And what do they do when they come out and like 10 or years or so has gone by, you know, I, I do like that kind of like it's really breaking down that relationship though. I think overall he is generally a more sympathetic villain. He really is because a lot of his comics um, do have opportunities in which he, you just hear him and him and Batman talking. And, and I think that's kind of um, what we saw also in the animated series, because to be honest, Mr. Freeze is probably one of the few people who has come closest to killing Batman and a lot of comic book story arcs. What ends up happening, though, is that Mr. Freeze decides not to go through with it. And that's such a big thing to just see and read about, because when you have villains like Joker, Bane, and Riddler who are willing to kill Batman just for their own personal enjoyment, pleasure, or cause, we have now a villain who's just like, I want to stop here because he's... Because I'm, you know, I'm thinking about my wife. Like I'm thinking about you're not. I'm not all that bad of a guy. I just happen to be in bad circumstances here, and this has led to a relationship where the two of them talk. Like Batman has even helped Mister Freeze get through a point of depression that he was experiencing, because when Mister Freeze was feeling all lost about not being able to cure his wife and break her out of this cryogenic stasis for for years, he didn't know what to do. And he just stopped altogether trying to save her. The two of them talked and got talked it through. And this is what gave Mr. Freeze a newfound sense of purpose to try and save her again, because he's realizing that, you know, if this person who I've fought against for years is telling me that, like, I can do it, that I'm going to keep trying. And this is something that um, is quickly wrapped up in the animated series, but is still ongoing in the actual comics itself. And that's it really for Mr. Freeze. Now it's time for the some more information about this movie, because honestly, there's more information, shocking information about this movie than the actual Mr. Freeze character. Oh, shoot. What's going on? What's going on with this? <laughs> yep, we got to tell the truth. We have to tell the truth. So unfortunately, this was not intended for St. Patrick's Day release. Ah, <laughs> uh, damn it. <laughs> we did luck out though because it was supposed to premiere in Jan of July of 1997. In fact, to be more specific, July 15th of 1997. So a day after Bastille Day, I think it still counts. Like people yeah. will still be recovering. Yeah. So the reason why it got delayed is because of the movie Batman and Robin. Yes. Yeah, so the movie that we talked about at the very beginning of our episode is the main reason why this movie got delayed. So if you look up the timeline of this, this movie takes place after the events of the Batman, the animated series episode Deep Freeze back in um, about 95 or so. And then it was going to be followed by the Cold Comfort episode that premiered in The New Adventures of Batman in 1997. Unfortunately, due to the fact that the poor, poor, poor performance of Batman and Robin this movie had to be delayed because they wanted no association with the film 
And people were worried that if they released this film talking about Mr. Freeze, that their people be upset uh, due to the poor reception that Batman and Robin also received because of the fact they also premiered Mr. Freeze in the in the live action film. I understand. I would not want to be associated with that movie in any way. George Clooney <laughs> even gives <laughs> refunds to people who paid for movie tickets on the street. Like it, it is. <laughs> an abomination and honestly mr freeze was the best aspect of that movie mm-hmm. so that's probably why this film isn't this animated film isn't an infamy because yeah it was it was freeze was not the biggest problem there <laughs> and it's wild too because they have really big plans for this like there was going to be a cross promotion plan that connected it with like planet hollywood and six flags there was going to be a ton of stuff and they had to put everything on hold just because of that movie. Damn it. I could have had my Mr. Freeze Slurpee at Six Flags. <laughs> and you ruined it. So once they finally got to the point where they could finally release it, everyone was shocked that it did so well because of the fact that people were still upset over the Batman and Robin film. So... It immediately they started to think about what can they do with sequels? What can they do to f- follow this up and really just capitalize on this energy that Sub-Zero created for Batman? The next stage of that was actually going to make a Batman Arkham film. Um, oh, yeah. This um, So the Batman Arkham, Asylum Arkham is probably going to come out a little earlier for all we know. It was going to be more connected with the Batman, the animated series universe. Unfortunately, things fell apart. This movie was great, but it wasn't enough to keep people's interest to keep things moving. And that is actually why they decided to wait until Batman, the the new adventures of Batman, to create something there. That one was connected to Batwoman. And then the Arkham turned into more of the Arkham game that has now exploded since then, Who, where Mr. Freeze also makes an appearance. So if you want some more Mr. Freeze, definitely check out the game. He makes for one of the best boss fights in video games, period. So definitely check it out. And I guess, you know, if that had to flop so we could get the games, fair trade, honestly, fair trade. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's really just it for just the history on this film. Like It does conclude there is a proper or semi-proper conclusion of it in the new adventures of Batman. So if you wanted to see Mr. Freeze come back, you can definitely check out cold comfort in the um, Batman animated series. But other than that, great film, um, really well written, really well placed in the, in the, you know, in the timeline, like honestly, the fact that they were able to pull this off, even with uh, the issues that they had to deal with, with George Clooney and his bat nipples. I'm, I'm really impressed with it. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think this was, yeah, just so well made. So, so such a good caliber. Again, I, I also look at it in the context of the time. This was like blowing our socks off. You know, this mm-hmm. is like, we, we got, we were lucky when that golden age where Lion got hit with Lion King and Aladdin, and, you know, and, and this is definitely up there as a, as a gem. It's a, it's a diamond in the ice. Huh? Oh, yes. No. Okay. Good. I'm glad. I just came up with that on the spot. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, until then, we hope that you keep cool and um, 
if you're out there free and you're trying to steal two grand from a jewelry store, just just wait a couple more hours. All right. Just <laughs> either in either direction. Either Batman's gonna be too busy or he's not gonna be there. But either or just adjust your schedule. <laughs> Now that we've finished talking about our DC animated content, here are some recommended readings for you. All these comics and more can be found at your local comic shop, so remember to venture out and support your part of the source wall. And tell them Andrew and Shamar sent you. First on our list are the episodes from Batman the Animated Series. We have our first introduction to Mr. Freeze of Heart of Ice in Season 1, Episode 14, followed by Season 3, Episode 10 of the series titled Deep Freeze, then following the movie, you can watch Cold Comfort from Season 1, Episode 3 of The New Adventures of Batman, but feel free to skip it if you like the happiest ending that Sub-Zero provided. Finally, we have Batman Volume 8, Cold Days. This 7-part collection of 2018 comics has Bruce doing his civic duty of jury duty as he serves on a case dealing with our connoisseur of cold, Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze's defense for this case is that the Cape Crusader is a bit too excessive in his tactics, so Bruce must look back on his work as Batman as we dive into the battles that he and his family have had with Mr. Freeze over the years, as well as how his decisions now might influence his next set of immediate conflicts. That's all for our list. Thank you for listening and be sure to rate, review, and follow yet another DC animated podcast. Also, interact with us on social media for news on upcoming content. Take care and we'll see you for the next issue.